seems like the devil has been coming by quite a bit here lately. And uh, I don't know what he's doing. But I, I, I noticed I notice a, a crowd real lively before church and lively after church, but in church we're about dead as a hammer. <laughs> For the most part, how many knows I'm telling the truth? The devil don't like it. What's the hang-up? I mean, what do you want? I mean, what, what's our, what's our hold-up? Man, we hung up on something somewhere. I don't know what it is, but uh, I, I'd like to get over top of it, wouldn't you? And I believe we're going to. Uh, turn your Bibles to Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. Uh, the Bible said, And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, Thou shalt surely die. Uh, going back to verse 16, and there's a bunch of uh, messages in those three verses. You could preach on that last part. The day we eat of it, we're going to die. Um, but I want to talk about food tonight. With the Lord to help us just for a little bit. I don't know what all variations of uh, of things that God put in the garden but he put it there that man may use it for the benefit of food and you know the reason he put it there that they wouldn't die that's the reason he put it that they could live and uh, live one of the most healthiest lives that ever been known on the face of the earth but we know that man sinned and from that day until now sickness has plagued face of the earth seems like we don't get out of one one dreaded disease till something else comes along back a few years ago AIDS was such a, a dreaded thing and it, it still is but we've, we've got a little more accustomed to it they've learned a little more about it but people are still dying with it every day now we have that uh, virus or whatever that thing is that the, that the mosquitoes is bringing around and uh, people are, are afraid or concerned uh, about many of those things. Number one, it's pointing to the coming of the Lord. There would be pestilences. And I think if you search that out just right, you're, it's things like this. Uh, things carrying diseases that can kill human beings and, and, and livestock and many other things last day but he said here of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat I don't have to ask I can look about until the majority of the people in this church love to eat <laughs> how many likes to eat why sure we enjoy it don't we I mean uh, we eat when we ain't really hungry just because we, we've got it there we eat it because we like the flavor or like the taste and it's a uh, it's pleasant to us and it satisfies us. And uh, it seems like that there are certain times that we get cravings for certain foods and, uh, and we'll just say, hey, I, well, it's like myself. The other day I, I told, uh, I dropped a pretty good hint. I told Carol, I said, you know, I said, I just like to sit down to a big pan of cornbread and butter. 
that didn't have to happen. Nothing else. Well, the next evening I, I came home. Guess what we had for supper? Cornbread and and, uh, and some other things go with it. But uh, uh, but that was something. Seemed like that my my flesh was wanting and it desired it. And uh, uh, but this this food and you know what? It was pleasant to my taste. It uh, it satisfied me. I didn't have to search for something else, Brother Pete, but it was exactly what I wanted. And, and since she knew what I wanted, uh, there she went on ahead and prepared that food for us. So we have found that all through the Word of God that man has continually ate. And what we find here in 2 Samuel, I'll not take time to read the whole thing, but here David uh, uh, was showing kindness unto a young man and um, uh, he, uh, Mephibosheth, uh, was one of Saul's uh, children or grandchildren. And uh, he, he'd been crippled all his life. And when David found out that he was alive, he sent for him and told him, said, you, you come over, I need to talk to you a little while. And he, he had an uncle there or, or, or relative. And anyways, he came to him and, and David realized that who he was and he remembered the promise that he had made to his friend that he would take care of anyone and David said unto him in verse 7 says fear not for I will surely show thee kindness for Jonathan thy father's sake and will restore thee all the land of Saul thy father and thou shalt eat bread at my table continually praise God he had lived a, a pauper's life he had lived in poverty and being the grandson of a king, he would seem like that everybody would have thought that he had been would have been right up there on the top of everything. But you see, uh, time had had a toll on his life, and circumstances had come around. And but he he probably never thought about ever being restored back to the property. Here comes an old boy, poor as poor as could be, poor as dirt. They say, brother Pete. And suddenly the king comes over and says, everything that was your father's, it's yours now. You can have it. And I'm sure, Brother that there was a lot of land. There was a lot of things that was restored to him. But the part that he said, he said, but from now on, the rest of your life, thou shalt eat bread at my table continually. Praise God. I don't guess I'll ever be invited to eat bread at the White House by president. If they'd invite me, I'd probably run up there and, and sit down and eat a bite with them. But, Brother Peter, don't ever expect that. But here was a fellow probably thought that uh, uh, the king was, was, was something that was about like we would imagine the president. He's too far up there and he's too far in social standings for me to ever reach him. I'll never be acquainted with him nor even know, uh, let alone sit at his table. But you see, God had a plan and God had, a, had it fixed for him that somewhere or another out there he can be restored. Brother J.C. was talking about to his family and he's not the only one. But there's a bunch of people need to be restored back that they can eat at the king's table one more time. Praise God. I mean, you say, how long will they just get invited for one meal? Come over tonight and we'll just have a meal. Oh, he said, every time my table served, uh, you got a seat right here. Nobody else sits in that seat. Praise God, I want to tell you tonight, I feel like tonight, Brother Bud, that there's a there's a king got a table spread for me. And I believe that when I, the day I got saved, that he fixed a chair at that spiritual table, that nobody else gets to sit in that chair, but that chair belongs to me. Praise God. And, and most people, most people in their house, 
at the table and we knew not to sit at that. He didn't fuss or anything, but we knew that that was his place. And I feel like how many at their home, you're, you're, you have a certain place you sit. I mean, you wouldn't, you wouldn't throw a fit if somebody else got it, but everybody understands that's your seat, that's your place at the table. And, and, and that's the way it was around their house. And uh, myself, I stand up and eat most time. I walk around the kitchen. I walk through the living room, walk outside. I mean, I, I don't sit down a whole lot to eat. But, uh, but my dad had that certain place. And, and, and you know what? I don't know what it was, but he, when it come time to eat, he wanted everybody sitting at the table at the same time. He didn't want somebody rolling in there afterwards, and he didn't want somebody rolling in there ahead. He wanted, when he said, hey, it's time to eat, he wanted everybody to sit down at the same time. I don't know what his theory about that was, but that's the way it was. How many remembers people years ago used to like it, do it that way? When it come time to eat, they want everybody at the table. Praise God, I tell you what, tonight, I believe they inherited that from a heavenly father that he likes to prepare a table and he likes for everybody to sit down and eat at about the same time. Praise the Lord. Mephibosheth, you can sit at this table. Then said Ziba unto the king, according to all that my lord the king hath commanded his servant, so shall thy servant do. As for Mephibosheth, said the king, he shall eat at my table as one of the king's sons. Praise the Lord. I mean, he, he not only got a place, but he looked down at just his position. He was sort of re, re, uh, restored to everything, but he counted when he looked across the table and when he saw Mephibosheth, he considered him, he's one of mine. Praise God. He didn't consider his being crippled. He can consider where he come from. He didn't consider about his granddaddy hating him and trying to destroy him. But Brother Pete, he said when he sits at my table, he's like one of my children. Glory to God. I will tell you tonight, when I sit at the table of the Lord, I am not a stranger, praise God. He treats me like a child. Praise the Lord. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. We may be different. We may be, have handicaps. We may have uh, health problems. We may have different looks. We may have a lot of different things, Brother Pete. We may not even have legs to walk on, praise God. But I'm going to tell you one thing. You're just as welcome at the table as I am, praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise God. I want to tell you tonight, food's on the table. I felt food sort of pass by. I felt a bowl of it sort of slide by my way. I can only remember my granddaddy Talbert very, 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 very little. I think it was in the, you uh, one in the, in the 50s, late 50s when he got killed, when he was murdered. It was in the 50s. I believe it wasn't Bobby. When somewhere in the late 50s, somewhere around there. I think maybe I was four years old, 58, somewhere around there. I can barely remember him. I can remember his old felt hat, and I remember he wasn't a real big man. He was small in, in size, best I can remember. But I, I can remember as a little old boy, uh, I've been at Grandma's house way back in the mountain. I mean, it, it, it was a pretty good ways back there. It seemed like then. It's still, the old house part of it still standing. I've laid off to go back there. I haven't been back there since I was a boy. And I, I want to, maybe this fall when the snakes go in, because it's full of copperheads and rattlesnakes, I'd like to get back up there. And uh, I'd like to go back. Got a lot of memories. But I can remember uh, 
going in that old kitchen, the old boxed up house, wasn't a whole lot, but they, everybody sat down. You didn't sit down with your cap on at the table either. Man, that's out of question. I mean, they, they, they didn't have a whole lot, and they, uh, he, he wasn't a Christian man by far. But there were even sinner people recognized God. Y'all remember the days when sinner people was afraid? There was things that they would not even do because they had a fear of God about them. And they were so thankful for what little bit of food they had. Hard to get a hold of and didn't have a whole lot. Nothing fancy. Just old, uh, old rough food at that time they call it. But I can remember them sitting down. And I'm going to tell you one thing. You better not reach across the table. You have been a young and just jerk what you want to. You catch it. I mean, you first caught a good chewing out. And if you done it again, he'd, he'd end up thrashing somebody. But uh, their words was, if you wanted something passed to you, you didn't say, hand me. But they always said, I thank you for some more bread. That's the way he always said it. Now, everybody in the whole family said that. They'd say, uh, if they wanted potatoes or beans, before asking, they'd say, I thank you for some beans. That meant pass me the beans over. Uh, you remember them talking like that? You know, I thank you for this. That's the way they say, I thank you for this. Praise God. I want to tell you one thing. They got to thanking people before they ever handed it to them. Praise the Lord. I'm going to tell you tonight, sometimes we ought to just start thanking the Lord for what he's going to give us. Right. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for another blessing. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And he's liable to slide one right down our way. Amen. Praise the Lord. You didn't eat at his table and jump up and run. Best I can remember. You ate, and if you got finished before everybody else did, you got permission to leave the table. Anybody remember when it was like that? That's a little stricter than what we got now, isn't it? That's right. But I remember some of those things, but I'm going to tell you one thing. It taught children to be disciplined. It taught them the right way and to be thankful for what they did have. That's right. Tonight, I'm, I would, I'm, I'd say sometimes that we're guilty ourselves. We're not as thankful as we ought to be for the blessings of the Lord that's been coming by Buckeye Hall Church for the last several years. I mean, they've been coming in and coming in in ways from time to time. And every time there's a wave of it come in, the devil's been trying to trying to uh, uh, put a little something in the pot. Right. Amen. Trying to take and make it bitter. Praise the Lord. But I want to tell you tonight, when we can sit at a table, and the only thing that makes us related to him is the blood of Jesus Christ to the Father. He looks up on us, Brother Pete, not as, as a Gentile, not as a stranger, not as a pilgrim, not as a sojourner, but he says, that's my son sitting there, that's my daughter sitting there, and you can have anything you want on the table. Amen. Praise the Lord. Psalm 78, verse 19, And yea, they spake against God and said, Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? You know the story. They got discouraged on the journey. They had some hardships and they had some battles. They had some things come along that they hadn't really planned for. It seemed like that they had times that they needed water and there was times that they needed food. And so somebody asked the question, can God prepare a table in a wilderness? Amen. I 
remember Mammy used to testify in her later years uh, somebody came by and I don't remember who or maybe his brother George Davis no no it wasn't him a little short heavy set boy I forget his name I ain't heard of him in years and years and years a little short heavy about as wide as he was tall I, I don't remember his name now I'd have to go way back and dig but I remember him he talked with a, a little bit of a lisp anybody remember him he talked with a little bit of a lisp and, and when he talked and uh, he preached on that about that table that was in the wilderness and uh, I remember Mammy getting up from where she was sitting and she shouted, she danced and time after time after time she would testify about, uh, about that table that God can prepare in a wilderness Amen You know when uh, sometimes sometimes it seems like that uh, we have a wilderness to go through How many has been one of those wildernesses before? You're living right, you're doing it right, you're doing everything you know to do right. But you see, the, the course that, Brother Pete, that God has got picked for you and I is like the course that he laid out for the children of Israel. There was, was deserts, there was mountains, there was uh, 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 the uh, uh, place called Elam where the wells of water was and the palm trees. There was a, a place called Sin. There was a, the journeys around the base of the mountain. And, but they encountered a lot of problems. And you would think that if God picked out the course, that there'd never be a problem. If you'd study your map, you could look how children of Israel went. They could have went a lot shorter over uh, to the promised land. But that ain't the way God picked it. They went south, and they went back up, and they went across over on the... the, the uh, east side of Jordan and then crossed back over and they wandered in the wilderness for years and years people died murmuring and complaining and God speaking in, in, a, in a voice that shook the heavens and the earth he vibrated the earth with his uh, glory, he, he, he shone himself upon the face of Moses that Moses had to put a veil upon him but all of this was in the course that God had picked out for the children, children of Israel to travel and you would have thought, Lord, God, as big as you are, look like you would have fixed it where there wouldn't be nobody fussing. There wouldn't be nobody growling. There wouldn't be nobody sick. There wouldn't be no problems anywhere. But you see, God don't make us like a mechanical beings, Brother Pete. He gives us power of choice and decision. And, and, and in this journey that God has prepared for you and I, we will go through some wilderness. One of the first things that I think about, uh, Brother Howard, is a wilderness is a place where there's dangerous animals. That's what I, when I say a wilderness. There's things there of uncertainty. There's, there may be uh, things that uh, uh, a person could get trapped in. My, ain't that, work, ain't that happened in our lifetime. People letting the devil trap them. I mean, just, they fall right into a trap. The devil sets a trap, and people can't recognize this as a trap. You see where it's at? It's in the wilderness. All of those things. And finally, we get to the place where we're going through that wilderness. We feel like we're not really, uh, we, we, we're so far away from uh, everything, so far away from civilization, a real wilderness. Wilderness. 
ain't no modern things, no nothing there, no stores, no anything in a real wilderness. And you know what? All of a sudden, they come up hungry and nothing to eat. How many times have we been in a wilderness and we felt ourselves becoming spiritually weak because right where we're at? You know, one of the things they, they talk about this, uh, uh, somebody tell me what the name is. Is it a Nile virus? What is it? West Nile virus. You know what they say that thing does? It attacks people that has their immune system is weak and low. Could be in the elderly, could be in the young, it could be in a person that's, that's going through some form of treatments or whatever. But it has a tendency to affect them more because they're, they become weak in their immune system. They become more subject to disease and sickness. And I sometimes feel like that when we're out there in the wilderness and we fail to turn to God in prayer, we, we try to do things ourselves, we are like that person that has their immune system weak. And it don't take long for this old spirit to get a hold of you. And it don't take long for this old spirit to get a hold of you. And it don't take long for this spirit to get a hold of you. And after a while, if we're not careful, we'll die in the wilderness. But the question asks, can God right in the middle of all of that prepare a table? You better believe he can. I mean right in the middle of it if we'll, if we'll accept that invitation. And I, I know that many of us over in our lifetime. We have been invited to sit at somebody's table. And maybe it might have been a stranger, maybe somebody we didn't know too good. And we just wouldn't sit at their table. Not that we didn't like the food, not that we weren't hungry. But we just I don't know, I'll wait until I get home. Or I'll wait till I get on down the road and be starved to death. I'll wait till the next service. I'll wait till the next revival. I'll wait till the next weekend. I'll wait till another song is sung. I'll wait till some other time. There's been a bunch of people didn't make it to that other one because they was too weak to get there. And God said, right now it's time to eat. Right now the table spread. Now, did not Jesus uh, invite his disciples there in the John chapter 21? He told them, said, come and dine. They looked and they saw a fire burning with coals on it. They saw fish. And you know what? Right there, he said, come and dine. And tonight... We need, we don't need a whole, we, we could all do without, most of us could, a little bit of earthly food. But I'll tell you what, you can go so long without food. I've dieted about every kind of dieting that's ever been. I've starved. I've done it all, just about. I remember back when I was in high school, a senior in high school, if I get my weight right, I, at January the 1st, I weighed 217 pounds. On uh, February the 28th, I weighed 167 pounds. Calculate that up. How much did I lose? 50 pounds. 50 pounds in two months. You say, how did you do it? Boy, I'd like to do it. No, you wouldn't either. Not the way I did. I starved. Got that thing in my head that uh, I won't lose weight. Didn't know how to do it. And so on some days I ate one slice of cheese in a 
24-hour period, sometimes 48-hour period. I remember people, some people, t and I lost my color, and, I, and, and at my height, as I am right now, 167 pounds, I'm too skinny. I was weak and didn't know how weak I was. I lost strength and didn't know I was losing strength. But one of the things that happened to me, I lost my appetite to eat. I didn't want to eat. I finally made my, I mean, when it come time to start eating, Brother Pete, I had to make myself eat because I lost my appetite. No doubt my stomach had, had shrunk up, but it seemed like something inside of me didn't want to eat no more other than just a slice of cheese. And I knew that I couldn't afford to lose any more weight. I'd starved myself off. It left me with stomach trouble that I had never got over. I'm telling the truth. I've got stomach problems right now from the time I started that diet back as a teenage boy. And, uh, but I, I'm telling you this, uh, that tonight to say about this. What happens sometimes we go so long without a blessing. We go so long without feeling God's spirit that our spiritual stomach shrinks and we don't want nothing anymore. We become content with just doing it like we're doing it. We, can't, we get content just coming to church when we do. We don't, we don't seek to get in the song. We don't seek to get in the service. We don't push ourselves beyond that because we've lost that appetite. Am I still on course? Am I still preaching it right? That, that ha How many besides me has that ever happened to? Amen. I had people say, Wade, you, you're looking bad. Why don't you eat something? I want not Yeah, but uh, you you know you, you're getting weak. I I feel all right. I thought I was all right. I thought that I was uh, uh, everything physically was all right. But you see, I couldn't see myself the way other people were seeing me. And tonight, sometimes we can't see ourselves like God sees us. God knows when we're weak. But when, when, when we realize our condition, do you know tonight that people have literally starved themselves to death because they wanted to lose weight? They pulled their system down so low that uh, different diseases set up on them and the infections, and they were unable to fight it off. You know why? Going too long without food. And I'm going to tell you tonight, I'm going to say this with every bit of love in my heart. Would near be the problems. Would near be the flare-ups. Would near be the short tempers. Would near be the, 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 the uh, crosswords if we had a full stomach. If we was just, I mean, if we was we was sitting at the master's table wouldn't be near the problems that we're faced with today wouldn't be none of those things occurring but you see what's happened we've allowed ourselves to go this service and oh we was in service but we didn't really try to get in we go another service and we didn't try to get in and we go another service and finally after a while we, 
just sort of routinely come to church and we routinely sit down and we routinely leave the church after it's over with. Amen. I believe tonight if we're going to go to church, we ought to be part of it. We ought to be part of that service. Amen. And the next thing you know, you know what happened? The devil jumps on you and he tells you so-and-so don't like you. There ain't one person in his church house keeps Wade Kester from getting in. There ain't but one person in this church house keeps me from jumping up and testifying. There ain't but one person in this church house that keeps me from, from uh, lifting my hands and acknowledging God. There ain't but one person keeps me from walking around this altar any time that I want to. Ain't but one that can do that. And you're looking at him. I can blame it on anybody in this church house. I can, you don't go to, you go to any other church you want to. There's more freedom given to people here at this church. There's a lot of churches you go to. You can stand and testify right now if you want to. It ain't going to bother me. But this old stuff, they won't let me, they won't let me. That's a lie. The reason people don't do is because they don't want to do. Amen. Over at Glade, years ago, this little boy, you never didn't know who's going to sing. And they love to read poems. And they'd jump up and read them a poem. And hardly before they got stopped, somebody else would be ready to do something. Somebody else would be ready to do something. Somebody else would be ready to do something. You know why? Because they was hungry. They wanted something off the table. They was ready, Brother Pete. But we're, we, we, we sometimes and uh, let the devil, and reason is because we have come so many services. You name how many services you've been to in this church in the last few years that somebody didn't feel power of God in the service. I, I can't mark one down. I can't come up with one service. I'll be honest with you, I, I made my shout of it. I, I can't remember how long it's been that I've come to church and I didn't feel God. I feel a little, I can feel a little something go up and down my spine. I can, Jim, do you ever have it run upside your face and it feels like it crawls? Praise God. Feel it run up and down your arm, Brother Bud, and, and, and it just tingles all over and goes down the sides of your legs. Praise God. I may not run and shout, but I felt God every service. You know why? That's the reason I come to church. Amen. I didn't have to preach and I didn't have to say. I didn't have to testify. But I tell you what, while somebody else was doing it, I was trying my best to help them. Amen. But I tell you tonight, if we if we want to eat good food, amen. I know that when people are raising their, their small kids, their children, growing up. Most households got junk food, they call it, in it. You know, they call the potato chips and, and the cookies and the cakes and uh, and all that. Uh, I could go to a bunch of y'all's house tonight. I, I guarantee you, I could go to Jim Call's house and I won't be there in no time. They'll say, you want a cup of coffee or you want a can of Diet Pop? Is that right, Em? Uh, would you like to have a, a cake or a cookie? You know? And uh, hey, there ain't nothing wrong with that. 
But I mean, I've been there, and that's what they say. Because I'm not very long at all. They'll say, you want something to drink? You want this? You want that? But it's there available. But parents don't want their children eating a bunch of junk food because they know that they need those vegetables. They know that they need the breads and the milk. They know they need all of that to make them healthy. And so, but if you left it up to some kids, they'd eat nothing but the junk food. Never, 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 never. Never eat none of the other stuff. Never eat any of the meat. Never eat any of the other stuff. They just eat junk food, junk food, junk food. And you ever, you ever seen a, a kid snarl their nose up at something that they ain't never tasted of? Just didn't like the looks of it. What was it? Uh, I know what it is. Caleb, you like weenies, hot dogs? I've tried to get him to eat bologna. All bologna is is a, a weenie been flattened. Yeah, pretty well, same ingredients. All they done, rolled it up and put a skin on the outside of it. But he wouldn't eat bologna, hardly save his life. But they was having that the birthday thing over at uh, Lisa's down for, for Cody, I think, and, and Caleb. Oh, Caleb got him a big sub. Went back in there and he got to looking it pretty good when it came. Big old blowing. <laughs> yeah. See, there's some things that's good if you try it. But if you don't ever try it, we snarl your nose up. Allison's Gap School taught me how to eat cabbage. I hated that stuff. I didn't like the smell of it. But boy, once I got to eating it over there, and they mix it up with something else that I like because they served it with bologna mixed with it. And I like the bologna. And I finally got to where, man, I may all try this. You know, that's the way it is about some of the things that God's got. Maybe we've just been looking at it, stirring our nose up at it, but we've never really tried it to find out how good it really is. And it may just be a weenie flattened out. You may like it just as good as you do something else that God's right there's a bunch of I, I, my, my daddy didn't like pizza and uh, best I can remember I hadn't thought it hadn't even thought about it until tonight but I can remember him not like pizza and he'd say something like this that a man that eat pizza would eat anything but he loved sausage and he loved bread and he liked cheese and he liked tomatoes. Sound to me like pizza, don't you? <laughs> I mean, you know, sausage, cheese, tomato, and bread at pizza. But a man eat that stuff would eat anything. But he'd open up a big bowl, of, a big quart of tomatoes, put them on the table, have any, have sausage on the table, have bread on the table cheese on the table I mean everything just about that you make up and put in a pizza was on the table but he didn't like pizza you know what the biggest problem was he had never really tried it that's right he made the same thing just sort of fixed a different way and you know what I don't care how God prepares it it's still a blessing I don't care what form it comes in it's still a blessing. I don't care if it's a song and I feel God, it's still a blessing. 
If I'm a preaching and I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost, it's still a blessing. If I walk around the altar and I feel God, Jim, it's still a blessing. If I could jump like you jump and feel God, I'd, it'd still just be a blessing. It's Spirit of God. I don't care what kind of form it comes in, it's still Spirit of God. And that's what we're wanting to feel, isn't it? Isn't that what we're wanting to get, grab a hold of? Getting something, that, I mean, getting a hold of the Holy Ghost, let it uh, run up and down our legs and our, our being. It ain't nothing but the Spirit of God. But He may serve at this time in the song, He may serve at this time in, in testimony, He may have it this time in Sunday school, He may have it this time in preaching, He may have it this time just everybody standing. He may have it this time by getting up and just clapping your hands and stomping your feet and act a little while it gets all over you. But it's still just the Spirit of God. Amen. I probably need to quit. I, ain't about, I think I'm through about three or four verses. I've got about 15 more to go. But I will preach it some other time. I feel like tonight. Have I got my point across? That God has got a table for us? And the devil would like to hinder us from eating from that table because he knows if we eat of that spiritual food, we're going to gain some strength to fight the devil. Amen. That's why. What was it he told him over there? He said, the journey's too great for you. He told him to eat. They got to eat. Amen. You need strength. That's right. You can't go a month or two months between blessings and think you can fight the devil like you could if you got a blessing every night. Maybe you can, but I can't. I've got to feel God pretty regular to keep up my fight and to keep winning against him. Amen. And I don't, I don't figure you're really much different than I am if we'll be honest with ourselves. If he gets us out there and we're weak, we ain't able to fight back with the Spirit of God. There's a song said something about getting knocked down. Sometimes we're not careful. We get knocked down. We ain't got strength to get back up because we haven't had a blessing for a while. We haven't ate of the, off the table for a while. Brother Pete, this summer I've worked pretty hard. At least I thought I had. Been hot, anyways. Out in that hot sun. Bobby knows about it. It's hot. And we worked in temperatures over 100 degrees and didn't know it was hot as it was. But there was days it got so weak. It just seemed like I just couldn't even see straight. I mean, couldn't see good. See, and then just, but I knew I had a lot to do. And a little time to do it in at that time. Had to try to use it up. But work and work and work. Brother Pete. But I got weak. And uh, when you get weak, one of the best things to do is get you something to drink and something to eat. And if you can get you something to eat, you start getting your strength back. It may take a little while, but eventually you'll get it back if you'll eat. Man. And you know, tonight, I feel like that's what's happened many times devil for some reason has kept people from the table and they've got weak and when it comes time to fight didn't have the strength to fight and it don't take a whole lot to whip a man when he's weak when a man is whipped for a day or two days and hadn't ate much brother Pete 
he may still put up a pretty fair fight, but, but, a, but a stronger man can whip him that's been eaten every day. And you know, that's the way it is with us. If we eat regular from the table of the Lord and this spiritual food, man, then we can certainly be strong enough to fight the battles. All right. Come back in the morning.